right there. Would you pray, Brother McEwen, please? Father, we come today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Speak to us this morning, Lord. God, touch our hearts. Blessings for your keeping power, for your speaking power. Draw us closer to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are here today. You have spoken to me, Lord. Help us each to heed your word. That you bring forth your word to your minister today, that we might gain the knowledge and the strength and the guidance that we need. That we leave here anointed and uplifted by your spirit and by your power. Amen. Lord, we do ask that your power will move upon every life today. That we can go forth and do your service and reach those who need to reach them. Bless this nation, O God, as you have promised. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. May you see that. Bible says that in the third year of the rule of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Verse number two. Listen very carefully to these words. The Bible says, and the Lord gave. Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Did you hear that? God gave Judah the king. He gave. Amen. God. God is not to be lost. He will. He will do his will. At the cost of whatever it takes. And then it goes on to say that the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, he took, listen to this, he took some of the articles of the house of God and put them in the treasure house of his God. I don't know about you. I never want the enemy to take anything from my house of God. And he also took some of the best young people to train them for service in the king's palace, which included Daniel and his three friends. You know their names, right? What's her Hebrew name? All right, so here we go. That, that Nebuchadnezzar came against Jerusalem. And the Bible says God gave, God gave, gave it over. He allowed him to take. Can you imagine the, the frame of mind of the heart of God at this point? That he allows, he allowed. In fact, the Bible says he gave, he gave Jerusalem, the city of God, right? He gave it to the enemy king, and he allowed him to come in and take some of the treasure out of his house. Wow. You do know what God's capable of. You do know how... He will come to the defense of his people. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are. And then he also took some of the best young people, trained them, 
for service in the king's palace. Young men, listen to this in verse 4. Young men in whom there was no blemish, they were good looking, the Bible says, good looking, they were gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, they were quick to understand, who had the ability, the king was looking for those quality of people to serve in his palace, and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Babylonians. Okay? They would be three years in training, but here's the real training. And we know this. This is so important. We stress this so much in our walk with God. But here was a real training during this time period. Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's food or wine. We all recognize it wasn't a matter of the food and the wine. It was all about what it represented. Right. And it was all about, Daniel, you are, you are cap captured, basically. You are in the land of Babylon. Will you compromise your walk with God? And, of course, we know that story. Daniel purposed in his heart. We find it also that in verse 9, it says, Now God, here again, God at work, says, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs, or what we would might call chief of staff. Okay? Here's God moving. Daniel doesn't really know it at this point. But the Bible says God brought Daniel into favor and goodwill mm -hmm. of the chief of staff. And of course what they were asking, what they were demanding as part of the training is for this group of young people to go on a three year period. They were to eat nothing but the best that the king had to serve. And here it was that Daniel was confronted with a real test. And he explained to the chief of staff, he says, no, he says, I, I can't do it. He says, if you will allow me to eat of my own choosing and not defile myself with the king's meat and drink, he says, if you will allow me a 10-day time period All right. to test this. He says, I guarantee you that at the end of 10 days, you will find that me and my friends are absolutely in better shape than the rest of them. All right. Now, it, it tells us that this the chief of the eunuchs, he explained to Daniel, he says, Daniel, now this is the reason why Bible says God gave him favor with this man. The reason why is because the, the chief of the eunuchs, he was putting his head on the chopping block. 
In other words, if he allowed this plan to go through and it didn't work, Bible says he was endangering his head. That's the way it works. So he was going out on a limb. But here we find God at work giving this Babylonian chief of staff something about he recognizes that he has to he has to allow this young man to go along with this plan. And he's willing to risk his own life to be able to do that. That's favor. Okay? And we know the story. The end of 10 days, these young men were examined and were told their appearance exceeded the appearance of the young men who ate the king's food and wine. Now, I built that little intro to getting to the scriptures that we read because of this. Verse number 17, the Bible says, that God gave these young men, listen carefully, God gave them knowledge, God gave them skill in all literature, in all wisdom, listen to this. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Praise God. The Bible talks about seeking the best gifts of God, doesn't it? It's in there somewhere. Okay? How many have a desire to be used of God? How many of you want the best gift that God has got to offer? Amen. But notice what's taking place here is that could we say that at least in Daniel's situation that the quality of your character will determine the quality of your gift? Oh my. God didn't give the gifts out until they proved that they could handle what he was about to do in their lives. And we're not going to be talking about the, the fiery furnace this morning, but notice that God, even though the king, God, is, God was moving in everything that was going on in that day. He was involved in it all. He was involved in allowing his people to become under the uh, rule of Babylon. He was allowing even his house to be raided. He was allowing his young people, the best that they had, to be taken and trained in the ways of Babylon. And God was in the whole affair. And then he goes on and he tests these young men to see if they had what he thought that they did have. And that was their faith. Was it going to be strong enough to stand 
in the hour that God had called them and placed them. He was already moving in the, on the other end to give them favor. He was moving in the situation, but they're the ones that had to stand and face the trial and the test to see if they were going to remain true to him. They proved that they did, and God gave them the gifts that surpassed. Bible says ten times the rest of them. They were wiser and more knowledgeable by tenfold than the rest of them. And then the Bible says, but to Daniel, he gave understanding of visions and dreams. Wow. Why was all that taking place? Well, second chapter. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream, and his spirit was so troubled that he could not sleep. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar was laying on his bed, probably thinking about the grandeur of the spotlight that he was in, probably thinking about the future of his country, God gives him a dream. This one that had raided the house of God, that had besieged the capital, Washington, D.C., had taken the best of their young people to try to pollute their minds. And now God moves upon this no good for nothing king that was raiding God's people in God's house and God gives him a dream And it is so troubling that he cannot even remember it, but he wakes up in a state of agitation and anxiety, and he is like trembling. And he calls in, here's what the Bible labels, magicians. How many of you want to be a magician when you grow up? No. No David Copperfields in the air. Astrologers, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to tell him his dream. They pretty much tell the king his request is not even possible because the king is not just requesting the interpretation of the dream. He is he is mandating, he is, he is telling them that they must tell him the dream that he had because he forgot it. Now, I don't know about you. That's going out there on the limb. Okay? 
How many of you had a dream last night? Anybody? Mark? Jake? Okay, Jake. Let me tell you about what your dream was. Oh, wait a minute. Good luck. Good luck. Oh, Mark? Here, let me let me tell you what you right? And so that's impossible. Right. Impossible. And they tell the king. But the king, here's what the king. He says, you either tell me my dream and then give me the interpretation. Yeah. He yeah. said, oh, your heads are going to roll. Come on. Which included Daniel and his friends. Mm -hmm. All the wise men. Thank the Lord. Notice what God had done. God had gave favor. And so Daniel, very casually, Bible, you know, it doesn't really bring out the state that he was entering it, but he goes up to, you know, the guy in charge. Yeah, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound very good. And the, I don't know if you go to the next uh, six verse there. That's one I want even. Oh my. Yeah. But remember, God moving in that situation, he has given Daniel favor. And so Daniel says, hey, 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 wait a minute. Before you start cutting heads off, <laughs> he says, if I could use my own imagination, he says, you remember when I got the opportunity 10 days and so on and so forth and here I am yeah 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 well tell the king not to cut our heads off yet <laughs> tell him that if he gives me an opportunity that I'll bring him the answer yeah. mm. whoa Daniel goes home to his friends and they have a prayer meeting Right? They have a prayer meeting. And uh, verse number 18 says, Daniel goes to his house, tells his three friends, they need to have a prayer meeting, that they, listen, that they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning the secret so that Daniel and his friends do not die with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And verse number 19 says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Yeah. Praise God. Whew. Oh, my. Can I say this? Maybe the reason that we don't uh, get direction in our lives sometimes. Mm -hmm. See? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the difference was here is that Daniel prayed like his life depended on him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know why? Because it did depend. There's probably a little bit, you know, if you were to take the temperature of the prayer meeting, the prayer meeting that you and I will have on a on any given day, if you took our temperature, 
it would probably be just a little bit lower than the temperature if our lives depended upon getting an answer from God before we left the prayer meeting or our heads were going to roll. Right. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. The secret was revealed. Well, because, because, Daniel, because Daniel and his friends... They were in a real, a real life and death prayer meeting. They were either going to get the answer or their heads were going to come off. Come on. Come on. Now, you got to get that, right? I guarantee you that if you ever get in that situation... You will not leave until you feel confident that God has came to your rescue. Amen. Wow. Because guess what? He had to walk into the king's palace the next day with the full confidence that what he was going to tell that king was exactly what the king had dreamed. Brother Long, would you put up, I, I got to, we got to read this, verses 20 through 23. Same chapter, here we go. Now, Dan, the Bible says in 19, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So what does Daniel do? Well, <laughs> Daniel offers a prayer of thanksgiving. Can you? I mean, we, we got to read this. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> For wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings. He sets up kings. Yeah. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and the secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank you and I praise you. O oh God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of you. For thou hast now made known to us the king's matter. Praise All right. Amen. You understand? This was a life, this was a life saving offer of thanksgiving. Yeah. That Daniel was putting up to heaven's throne because he knew that what he was about to do, he was about to step into a situation that the world has never known and the world will never know again. It literally will have, when he steps into the king's palace that morning, it will have universal and it will have eternal consequences wow 
Daniel was given the most comprehensive prophetic picture of human history ever given. Here it is. We're going to get into a little bit. But what does Daniel see? It's a human statue. It's a head of gold. Chest and arms are silver. Belly and thighs are bronze. Legs, feet and toes. Part iron and part clay necks. He walks into the room. And verse number 31, he says, Nebuchadnezzar, he says, you, listen to this, he says, you, O king, were watching, and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you, and its form was awesome. There was this king that he was staring in not only to his to his present day he was staring into the future of the unveiling and the unfolding of all of human history he says king the reason why that you were so troubled let me give the interpretation of it. He says, because you were watching, you are the head of gold. He goes on to explain. He says, you are the king of kings. In other words, there will never, in human history, there will never come another time like here. Now he's talking outside. He's talking outside of Israel for the most part here, okay? But he says, as far as you know, you're going, you are king of the people, you're a ruler over the animal kingdom, everything. There will never be another time like this, king, and you saw it. And, and now, as he, and he begins to tell Nebuchadnezzar, he says, but King, he says, but what you're seeing is, okay, he says, this is a dream, here's the interpretation. You're the head of gold. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. Wherever the children of men dwell, beasts of the field, birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand. He has made you rule over them all. You are the head of gold city of Babylon. We can't really, it would be hard for us to, to imagine this, this kingdom as it was. Now, remember, this, this is from God. There has never been anything like the kingdom of Babylon. Here's just a little bit of what, what it was like. The city of Babylon, not the entire country, but the city. It covered a 200 mile 200 mile area, had 250 watchtowers, walls that were 87 feet thick. 87. Now, this uh, this is 50 by Kathleen, 50 by 45. Its walls were 87 foot thick. 
There were four-story homes along the tiled roads of the neighborhoods. Four stories. They had spectacular parks and gardens. There were 53 temples. And there was room that they worshipped 4,000 separate gods. 4,000. Historians say of Nebuchadnezzar, he was a genius, he was an educator, he was an architect, and he was a military strategist. And Daniel says, King, you're the head of gold. He says, but what's going to happen is, okay, you're not going to rule forever. Because right under you, right under you, the chest and the arms of silver. And you can, that, that change is in the Bible. The Medes, Persians, they say they divert the Euphrates River, and it, it's a fortified. There's no way to get into it. There's, they've got drawbridges. But that kingdom that man built fell into the hands of the Medes and the Persians. In one night, you read it, one night later on, they would be destroyed. The Medes and the Persians. Now, so it goes from gold, then it goes, then it goes to silver. And then the belly and thighs, they go to brass. Alexander the Great, of whom it's been said that at the age of 32, he sat down and he wept because there was no more world to come. Or maybe it was he died at 32, I don't know. And then the legs of iron and feet and toes, part iron and part clay. Of course, we know the Roman Empire. Rome was, they say that in a sense, it was the first modern civilization. And, but he, but Daniel, he says, but, but King, he says, this is all going to happen. And I, I would imagine that, that Nebuchadnezzar probably, he says, but, but Daniel, he says, but, but I seen this, he says, but I seen this little stone. Yeah. And it, it came out, it came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. This little stone, he says, it came out of nowhere. It wasn't made by the hand of men. It just all of a sudden appeared. And he says, this stone came and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. He says, and it absolutely demolished this statue and it consumed it and broke it in pieces. Can I say, in church, you are watching. You are watching. We are seeing the movement 
of this small stone mm -hmm. as it has gained momentum yes. and that has it has become huge and Daniel says and it, you're not going to Nebuchadnezzar this small stone it is going to get it's going to fill the whole earth can I say that we are watching and could it be that we are watching the world system enter the final stage of a crumbling system that has never and nor will it ever work no matter how golden that image seemed to be in the beginning that statue is coming down right before your eyes no matter how strong we may think that America is the truth is you are only a part of one of these I guarantee you you are not a part of the golden kingdom nor are you a part of the silver nor are you a part of the brass whether we admit it or not we are a part of the crumbling the demolishing the complete destruction of Daniel's dream. Amen. We are a part of that world system that is mixed with iron and clay, which means that it has no stability. There's no strength in it. You went from... The, what, the value of that dream, the value of that statue, it disintegrated in value. But it became stronger as the metals, even though they, were no, they weren't as valuable, they became stronger. They became stronger until the last kingdom was ushered in and it was mixed with iron and it was mixed with clay and there is no way that that mixture of elements can withstand the pressure from the top down. It will crumble. And I know we pray, we think that America is going to go back to its glory days. I hope and I pray that it does. But the truth is, now, unless I'm reading it wrong, the truth is, we're a part of that iron and clay mixture that is the world system. And it is going to be completely demolished. And I, I offer you the idea that there's a possibility, as the king was, Daniel says, and king, you're watching. You're watching. You are seeing this prophetic fulfillment of God's plan come right before your eyes, king, because you're the head of gold. Can I tell you that the church, as a church, as 
this generation, there is the uh, there is the possibility, Brother Sam, that you are an eyewitness to the events that is going to usher in a change that is going to be the beginning with the rapture of the church. Amen. The good news is we're in the hand of the Rock of Ages. That little stone that started in a place called Bethlehem, they couldn't contain that. They couldn't contain it in a manger, folks. Because the unveiling of the redemptive plan of God was going to be so powerful and it was going to be so prophetic that it was going to literally, as the Bible says in the book of Acts, that their message turned the world upside down. That little stone that seemed, that the good news is it, it was not cut out of and designed from the hand of a man, but it came out of nowhere. And Daniel seen it and the king seen it. That, and that little stone... The Bible says that the builders rejected it yeah. has become the chief cornerstone. Yeah. Jesus said upon this rock, he looked at Peter and he says, Peter, he says, I want you to know that when I, that I'm about ready to build yeah. my church, yeah. he says, because uh, I'm going to build this thing, this is the, the foundation. Yeah. And upon this rock, this rock, that little stone that started out as just a something small, that one day it is going to be so huge that it is going to cover the entire world, and they are going to see once and for all that there are there is no man that can build the kingdom and save you, but it is only going to come from the kingdom of God. I love First Samuel two two. Writer says, there is none beside thee. There is no rock like our God. Hallelujah. Psalm 1831. And who is the rock besides our God? Amen. Amen. See, while the world watches, because the church, we got double vision, you might say. Even though, even though I believe right now, Brother McEwen, I, I believe I'm seeing it. I'm watching it. But you know what? <laughs> Even I may be watching the world crumble. But at the same time, I'm watching the rock as it rolls down that mountain of salvation. As I see it beginning to sweep over, over every country, over every town, every continent. I'm like, I've got double vision this morning, Brother Rick, because while the world is crumbling, I'm looking up because I know that when this takes place, that Jesus says that you need to look up because your redemption draw nigh. The world crumbles. The church begins to say, oh, as Daniel said, thank you, Jesus, for giving me a great vision because I know you're the one. You set kings up. You pulled kings down. We're seeing it. It's divine in its origin. It was a stone cut out without hands. Mm 
It is. It was humble in its beginning. It is victorious over all opposition. Victorious. It that rock. It came down and it absolutely demolished that thing. Oh, we could stand here and I. My prayer this morning is that you read and that you're praying. More than ever. I've said it several times before and I'll say it again because if ever there was a day that needs to be, it needs to be said, just because you're a virgin does not mean that you're going to be saved. Come on. That's right. We are, we are moving into that very, very, as the Bible says, troublesome times. Yeah, you're right on it. In fact, it, I believe that it says that anything that can be shaken will be shaken. Jesus made it clear. He said, you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He said it. He goes on to say, and if your love for me does not exceed the love that you have for your mom and your dad and your sister and your brother, what does he mean there? You and I are watching it right before our eyes. No mask, no buy, sell, or trade. No vaccine, no buy, sell, or trade. You do understand. This is not something that all of a sudden, you know, the writers drew it up when the Holy Ghost moved upon them, Sister Reyes, many, many centuries ago. But Daniel said, hey, you understand that you are one or the other. If you were living in the days of Alexander the Great, you were living in that era of time. Now we're getting down to we're getting down to the toe jam. We are. We're getting down to we're getting down to the nitty gritty. This thing is unstable. It's rocking. It's reeling. Do I have? Can I remind you to read Ezekiel 38th chapter? Or Revelation 16th chapter? Just a reminder that there is the armies of the east. And there is the bear of the north. And there is this little insignificant place called Israel. And there still is that little place called Jerusalem that they're still trying to besiege today. And they are still trying to rob out of the house of God the most precious thing that we have in the house of God. And that's the Word of God. Yes. They're trying to take away your, our young people. They're trying to make scholars out of them. They're trying to educate them in the ways of, come on folks, we need to have the lights turned on. We need to have God anoint our eyes. We need to have Him touch our hearts. 
we need to ask him yes. to reveal unto us the secret things Amen. that he has in plans for our day. We need to get into a life and death prayer meeting and say, God, I need to know that you're that, that you've got everything under control. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I want to have a right message for the people that I love and cherish. It is no coincidence. We, we've heard, we've been taught that, that vision time and time and time and time again. But now we're watching it. We are seeing it. That's okay. The rock is victorious over all opposition. Jesus came out of that grave. They put him in the grave. They put a rock in front of the grave. He came out of the grave. He said, all power. All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Amen. He says, and I want you to know that you're going to receive power. Hallelujah. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yeah. Why? Because you're going to need that power. Yes. You're going to need that power to get you through. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells me that if, it, if God did not shorten the days... Yeah. Even the very elect would what? Yep. Be to see. Come on. Listen, I, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher above that. Sometimes I just, sometimes we just got, we got to be shaken. We got, we got to be, we got to shake. We got to have our, our very being shook up. It's not it's just a casual dance with the world anymore. It's not just a casual relationship with God anymore. The very life and death of the world depends upon our relationship with God. Why? Because as Daniel had to have favor, we need to have favor. Why? Because God wants to position us. He wants to place you in an area that is going to give you influence so that you can impact and change the world. Every gift that He gave you, every skill, Bible says God gave them skill, God gave them knowledge, God gave them understanding. Why? Because he was getting them ready in position so that they could have an impact on the world before their world collapsed. This stone moves forward. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail. Do you understand? Why? Because he said upon this rock That rock became universal. Universal. There are no barriers. There are no barriers that it cannot penetrate. And it's everlasting. There's a new kingdom coming. The Prince of Peace is going to come. 
the Prince of Peace. They put a sign above the cross said Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. They had no idea that he really was the king. As you stand with us, could it really, could it really be that? Bible says we're gonna that the sky is gonna open like a scroll one day. That's what it says, right? It says the sky is gonna open like a scroll, and every eye is gonna behold him. However, however, they're not just gonna behold him. They're going to behold all of those people that that little stone touched in the process of becoming the bride of Christ. And it is going to be all-inclusive of every race, every color, every color, every color, every color, every language. It does not matter. This gospel was meant to break down and demolish every barrier, every bigotry, everything that stood in its way. And he's coming. But the rapture, but the rapture, if we, if I understand this scripture, and I didn't go to Bible college, all right, so, but if I understand, like, what, what, there is a rapture, there is a catching away of the bride prior to the second coming. That means that there is going to be a big change, that there's going to be a big separation. That means that the world, you, that means, but if you are still in this world, when that when the when that thing collapses, you don't want to be here. No, I want to go up, friend. I am banking on it. I am banking on it that He is going to change me. That I'm going to be taken up into heaven. I'm banking on it. I don't want to be here when that change comes. No, sir. That's why we have to be more fervent than ever. Yeah. That means that that's why we gotta give it. If yeah. whatever percentage you're given, you gotta up the ante. You gotta give it some more. Amen. We haven't lost it yet. Listen, vision, dream, believe, plan, act. You gotta pray, worship, give, sir. Thank you, Sister Corey. Why? Because there's a harvest. There's a harvest yet. That that it is the only thing I believe that God is waiting for before the sound of the trumpet because His patient, He is so long-suffering, he, he is so full of mercy that He wants to reach every soul, every soul, Amen. every soul. Amen. But one day, the two are going to collide. And He's going to say, come up higher. You're going to blow that trumpet. What you listen, yeah, I hope you believe this, but I hope you believe that book, Second Corinthians, when it says that, that the dead in Christ, those dead people are gonna come out of those graves. They are gonna come out of those graves. Those graves are gonna open up. And then the Bible said, and we which are alive, you understand? I am banking on Brother James. I may be and I may watch, but also experience at the same time. I may be alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, come on. Hallelujah. I may be alive. We got no idea what the future holds. 
I can tell you one thing. Come November. It's going to be pretty rocky as far as I can see. Maybe somebody, maybe God's giving you a dream and it's all, all going to get better and we're, you know, we're going to do that. What do they call that? Kumbaya or whatever. Yeah, we're all just going to be happy, you know, happy. I'm not sure it's going to work out that way, folks. <laughs> whatever it's called. Bible says Second Corinthians ten four, but how's it go? The weapons are guard warfare are not carnal. Pulling, pulling down. Watch. Could you put that up there? Second Corinthians ten four, brother Cliff. I want to get it right because here's what I'm. I want to close with this. Ten four. Here we go. Ten three. 10-4, that's got a good ring to it. 10-4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but listen to this, mighty through God to what? Pulling down. I'm not talking about moving, removing statues. No. You understand? Right. That's what the world is trying to do. Yes. But no, sir, we are pulling down satanic strongholds. We, our weapons are not about Hallelujah. pulling down symbols. God will do that. He'll crush them. No, sir. Our weapons of warfare, they are mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. What do you mean? Let the world tear it apart. Not us. We're builders. But we do want to we want to pull down. You read the rest of that. It talks about putting into captivity every thought, every imagination. Yeah. Come on, Amen. So we Jack and Sarah, good to see you. Thanks Amen. for coming today. Amen. I never want to make people feel uncomfortable, but listen, listen, my heart, my heart's touched today. Listen, Amen. you understand? You, you, maybe you don't understand what it's like to be a preacher today. Oh yeah. You, maybe you don't understand what it's like, but Sergeant, to be a preacher today. You, it's like, you know, in the beginning. You know, it's just glory when when I first it was all you know it's cool. I just wanted to preach a good sermon, you know, and 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 do what God wanted me to do. No, now the whole world is, has changed, and now I'm I'm seeing things. There are times when Brother McCune, I don't want to be a preacher sometimes now. Yeah, you understand because I want to be positive. I want to be positive. I want to be positive. But at the same time, I read that book of Ezekiel that says that if you see the boogeyman coming and you don't tell those people. I'm telling you, the boogeyman's here. The boogeyman's here. <laughs> yeah, he is. Boogeyman's here. <laughs> We are mighty. You know how why we're mighty? We're mighty because the mighty God lives inside of us. Hallelujah. Amen. We're mighty because we have the mighty word of God that yes. absolutely will crush anything that comes its way. Come on. Praise God. I want to just give you an opportunity this morning if you would like. I just you know, wherever you're at, if you don't feel comfortable coming down, but it would do us good to come down and Seek the Lord for a few minutes. Just 
thank him. Thank him for what we have, right? Thank him for what we have. But oh, we need to pray for the world that's lost. We need to pray. We need to intervene. We need to intercede. We need to do all that. We need to worship. We need to worship him like we never have before. And you need to pray one for another. Listen, if you don't have anyone to pray for, you better pray for the ministry. Better pray for the preachers. No, we better pray for those that are in in that they're supposed to be holding the laws of the land. And executing those laws. We need to pray for those that God has raised to the place that He has. Jesus. We need to we need we need a president that that, uh, that is willing to sing the song that we sang this morning. There, 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 there are, there are 